Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at a time. Hosted by Andrew Paul and Elizabeth Bonkink and produced by Lisa Pruden, the Well-Endowed Podcast explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of how those endowments intersect with the community. You can check it out right now at thewellendowedpodcast.com. You know, it's been hot in Edmonton, which we discussed last episode. Mm, our, our one summer spike heat wave. But today, thankfully, it cooled down a little bit. Uh, we were able to get out for a little while. It was a reasonable summer day. Yeah, we have, uh, we have a cohort family who lives essentially just down the block, more or less. Yeah, they're like a block and a half away or something like that. And uh, for those of you who are uh, fans of many of the shows on the Alberta Podcast Network, mm-hmm. uh, that cohort family happens to be Shane Lawrence's family of the Ed Podcast. Of <laughs> the Ed Podcast. So we're just a bunch of podcasters hanging out in the summer on a beautiful day. Our kids running around, enjoying the beautiful weather and the assorted pools and... <laughs> Various water tables. And inflatables. And <laughs> indeed. And uh, having a little a little barbecue with people who were at least fairly confident don't have COVID and are at least fairly confident that we don't have COVID. <laughs> right. But, uh, Since the last time anybody was tested. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they don't see many other people. We don't see many other people. And uh, we've kind of started cohorting together because they're nearby. Yeah. And they're friends. And they're friends. And their kids are roughly the same age as ours. So yeah. it's nice. So uh, that's what we were doing prior to recording tonight. Enjoying a little a little patio barbecue time. We ran the children around and made them pass out. Had a couple beers. Well, you did. Hey, we're 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 in high spirits. Well, you are this week's podcast. <laughs> no, we both are. We we both had a pretty good day. All I had considered. a lovely day, despite the fact that I had to work for most of the day. It, it's been a pretty good end to the day. It ended well with delicious barbecue and good conversation and tasty beer. Indeed. And now, fun podcast. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of our latest chapter, of course, a little <laughs> recap us, of the previous Let one. us cover, maybe not the nitty, but the gritty of the previous chapter. I was going to come up with a segue about having friends with kids and how in this novel that's that's all gone southward, but uh, it didn't quite bring it together. Didn't quite stick that landing. That's okay. In chapter 21 of our novel, we learned perhaps a little more truth, perhaps not, as Lewis and Flora finally meet with Beth at her hotel, and she hears a story, maybe not the story, but certainly a story. It sure is a story. Direct from the horse's mouth about how Flora may have inadvertently killed baby Georgina through her negligence one drunken night, and that left her devastated such that she had to leave her family behind and her old life behind and assume a new identity leaving Lewis alone to raise the OG Thomas and Emily all by himself. Yes. But because Beth has been dredging up the past, they've been forced to confide this terrible secret of theirs to her and swear her to secrecy. And after all that, Lewis, in an emotional state, stormed out of the hotel room. Stranding Flora with Beth. 
Indeed. And that is pretty much where we left off leading into chapter 22 of Perfect Little Children by Sophie Hanna. Now you've read chapter 22, first impressions. Uh, For those who need a little clarity on why Nita's saying, now that you have read chapter 22. Well, because we don't read it out loud together. No. uh, We have a copy of the book, and we read it staggered over the course of a few (laughs) evenings. And usually... Separately put together. Indeed. Usually Anita reads it the day before I have a chance to read it. So she's usually, usually a chapter ahead of me. Not always, but usually. Because I tend to read it... The night before. And I tend to read it the day of. Day of, yeah. Yeah. And when I say a chapter ahead of me, I don't mean that uh, Anita is sneaking an extra chapter in and is ahead of the podcast. No, that which would is be cheating. explicitly against the rules. No, I would indeed. never. We simply mean I read it first. My impression was that it was fine. It was pretty good. I feel like we have so much to unpack. Yes. My concern is, and I thought this partway through the chapter, because Beth, of course at risk of getting a little ahead of ourselves, uh, comes to a point where she doubts everything that she's been told. And that left me with a very strong sense of frustration with the book, not just the chapter. Because I was like, we're this late in the book, and we're at a point where it's possible that we still know absolutely nothing. Because Beth is invalidating all of the information that we just learned. See, but I think it's different. Yes, she's invalidating everything, but... She at least has, like, sound reasoning behind it now. She's picking apart these lies, and I'm starting to believe that they are, in fact, lies. Because she does have some logic behind it. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes sense. Well, and, I mean, that was halfway through the chapter. Because on the back half of the chapter, things get a little more clarified. And I was left, again, with the impression that... I had last chapter that we we haven't learned the whole truth, but we're closer to the truth. There's truth in what we've been told. We're just not all the way there yet. Right. There's well, stuff that's still being kept from us. We are rapidly running out of book. Yeah. So the truth needs to start coming out. Otherwise, the last chapter is going to be terrible because it's going to be all exposition. This is a cannonball of exposition, and that's no good, I I think. But we're not there yet. No, we're not there yet. And it's... Again, hard to make a judgment on this book at this juncture, because while we have both been frustrated by it in turn, as we discussed in a previous chapter, it might be worth it to get to the ending. Oh, well, yeah. So I'm, I'm engaged. Like, the hooks are deeply sunk. Yeah, we want to know how it ends. Even if the journey there is a little frustrating. Indeed. Indeed. All right, so let's talk about it. Let's go through it. Sure. So we start with Beth giving Flora a moment to compose herself after Lewis has walked out of the room because she's briefly reduced to tears by this occurrence. Beth goes out on the balcony to get a little bit of air for a moment and kind of let things settle down a bit before she re-engages with Flora because she has an opportunity to talk to Flora again in private now after having been told this whole sob story. Mm -hmm. Beth opens by telling Flora, look, you know... You can stop living like a ghost. It's been 12 years. Just, like, own your mistake and move on. You don't have to be like this. And Flora kind of refutes this, saying, you know, I can't just come out of the woodwork now and tell my parents and tell Lewis's kids, the OG Thomas and Emily, the truth. It would it would be devastating to them. It would destroy them, especially my parents. And 
you know what? I deserve what I'm in right now. Like, I deserve this punishment because of what I did. It was unforgivable. Which is the first red flag of someone being very unhealthy. Something that Beth addresses later in the chapter as well. Flora also kind of elaborates to Beth that Kevin and Yanina know nothing about what's going on. Something you actually had doubted last chapter because I had had posited like they have to be in on it. And you were like, I don't know that they are. And here Flora is saying they're not. See, I'm not sure I buy it anymore. Oh, I definitely don't. I didn't buy it last chapter. I know, but... We'll we'll get to that because Beth Beth thinks this through. Yeah, Flora actually uses a very weird turn of phrase here when she she actually even hesitates and describes what Kevin did as pursuing her when she was quote unquote single again, Mm -hmm. which was it jumped out at me that she she hesitated and used the term pursued like that. But she says with Kevin Cater, she thought she could kind of have a new start and a new family and be a new person. She had already changed her name to Jeanette Dawson at this time. Mm-hmm. She's her mother's maiden name. She also kind of makes it clear that her relationship with Kevin is very perfunctory. He may love her, but she doesn't really love him in return. They sound like they have a messed up relationship. And nothing in common. She actually says he doesn't have much of an interest in anything. He is just the blandest, most milk toast, saltine cracker of a person. Because of that, though, it was very easy for her to hide that she had had any prior children. Because she wanted more kids, and he was fine with it, and wasn't interested in going to see a doctor or anything with her. So she was able to kind of keep it on the DL that she had had previous kids. Yeah, he sounds like a great dad. Uh, She says that he's a good dad, but we'll get to that, too. Beth presses her on naming her two kids with Kevin, also Thomas and Emily. And Flora reluctantly admits that she kind of wanted back what she had lost. And it was easy to reuse the names because good old passionless Kevin Cater did not care what they were named. It was just entirely like, eh, it's up to you, whatever. Yeah, sure. Beth then follows up with, well, what did Kevin think of this sudden trip to Florida to see your ex? And Flora kind of says it was because of your stalking. Like, Yeah, I blamed it on you. I blamed it all on you. She says... Lewis called her out of the blue after 12 years and said that Beth had been snooping around. And then that was further backed up by Marilyn Oxley, who revealed that Beth had been snooping around the neighborhood, asking about the kids. And Flora got worried that what is now happening would happen, that Beth would come doggedly asking questions after her and she would break and tell Beth everything. Mm -hmm. Lewis told her not to go near her, and Flora naturally fell into the old pattern of doing whatever Lewis told her. And she ultimately went along with Lewis's plan for her to lie to Beth and then come to Florida to lie low because, as she puts it, Lewis could think straight about the situation, whereas she could not because she was getting very emotional about everything. Because of all this drudging up of the past. Indeed. Beth tells Flora, look, like, I think you need to move on from this. Like, you can't keep punishing yourself like this. And Flora's just like, oh, yeah, of course, if it was just that easy, Beth. Uh, Kind of snide about it. And Beth is like, okay, well, you say you do whatever Lewis tells you. Has he told you that you need to move on from this? And Flora says, yeah, he did. And then I left him so that he would never tell me to do that again. Look, I can only roll my eyes so loud. She says that Lewis is actually very selfish. And this tracks with what we know about his character so far. Yeah. But he was always good to her. Though now in hindsight, she sees that as that was good for him and for the kids for him to be good to her. 
it wasn't necessarily for her sake. So Beth presses her further. Okay, well, what about this excuse that you concocted to come back to Florida and stay with Lewis? And, and Flora's actually taken aback by this and is like, no, 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 no. I'm not staying with Lewis. I'm staying in a different house than Lewis. Our lives are separate. And Kevin never asked about it because he doesn't care. She actually says one of his best qualities is he does not pry into my business. And Beth is picking up what she's laying down. Mm. Oh, yeah, you don't like people who pry, Flora. I get it. Yes, fine. Thank you. <laughs> We're not talking about Kevin anymore. I get it. Beth is also suspicious at this point. Something about all this isn't quite adding up for her. Agreed. Yeah, Flora continues to press on and says, look, we knew you knew about the impossible Thomas and Emily, and if I had spoken to you about it, you would have asked me to explain everything. I would have, and that would have led to me telling you that I was estranged from Lewis and from the original kids. You would have asked what that was about, and I would have ended up telling you the whole story. In many ways, Beth, you remind me of Lewis, because when you want to get something, you don't stop until you get it. We've talked about that, too. Yeah. The and, parallels between Beth and Lewis. And it might explain why Flora became friends with Beth, because she has a type. <laughs> Flora ultimately kind of just says, look, I'm a coward. You would have broken me down. So I tried to mislead you and I tried to run away from you. Through the same thing that I did with everyone in my life. I tried to mislead them and I ran away from them. That's how I roll. That's, that's the Flora way. <laughs> the Flora way. TM. Beth changes her tactics here and decides to start probing Flora to 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 kind of get a reaction out of her it almost seems she starts out with well what if, what if i go to the police with all this at this juncture and flora's like i don't think you would do that number one you promised lewis you wouldn't and beth is like that promise means less than nothing <laughs> uh and flora's like well i don't think that you would do that to me or to lewis like it would be unfair to both of us it would be unfair to the kids and what happened, as you said, was 12 years old. So what good does it do to stir up trouble at this juncture? She then kind of goes a little too far here. Beth does? No, Flora. Because she rebuts Beth's claim earlier. Beth had, oh, yes. Beth had mentioned, like, oh, well, Lewis is your lord and master. What if he tells you to, like, forget it and move on? And Flora's like, look, Lewis isn't my lord and master. He is my savior. Like, he is the one who's helped me get through all this and be able to start fresh. He's the reason why we have the house at Whittio Lane, and that's the step too far. <laughs> because that's when it clicks to Beth, something that struck us chapters ago. Oh, of course. If you're trying to escape from your past, why are you living in the house where the past happened? Jinkies. And Beth straight up accuses Flora of lying at this point. And it's just like, why would you still be living in the house that Georgina died in if you were... Trying to escape all of that. Trying to escape all that. Why would you live amongst it? And Flora ends the conversation. Like, she's like, mic drop, I'm out. Flora's out, good day, and goes to leave. Beth tries to stop her, and Flora actually, like, shoves her out of the way and makes down the hall, and Beth loses her. She's gone when she gets out of the hotel room. Beth takes a moment, kind of hangs out in the hallway. Yeah, just takes a breath. Contemplates everything that she's just been told. At this juncture, whereas maybe 20 minutes ago, when she first heard this sob story, she was willing to swallow it whole. Now she's kind of digesting it. She's taking a moment to process. Yeah, and she begins to realize, I think this was all just another big lie. Mm -hmm. Stuff isn't quite adding up. Yeah, and... She can't she, put her finger on it entirely. Yeah. But the red flags are there, and she knows enough to act on them. 
she kind of breaks it down in into a couple different points. Mm-hmm. So first off, she doesn't believe that Kevin is a passionless blank slate who has no idea what's going on because she has met Kevin Cater yeah. several chapters ago. And he was clearly someone who was in the know, like enough that he was able to smoothly lie about everything, which means he can't just be out of the loop. He can't be this bland, boring person and a good actor. Exactly. She doesn't believe that Lewis was actually angry at Flora or reluctant to tell her story. He, She at this juncture is like, Lewis is too smooth an operator, too good a liar, and too composed to have actually lost his cool there and to be dancing to Flora's tune on this. Lewis has to be involved more deeply than he's letting on. And he has to care about it more deeply than he's letting on. She doesn't believe the impossible Thomas and Emily are Kevin's. She's like, no, I saw those kids. They're trying to say that they look more like Flora, but no, they look like Lewis. Like they are identical to the original Thomas and Emily at that age. There's no way that could happen by chance. Mm Mm-hmm. She doesn't believe Flora's assertion that Lewis hadn't spoken to her for 12 years because she knows that he's been around Witty Elaine since because she has the story from Tilly about the alleged stalking. She doesn't believe Lewis would walk away from this and leave the truth in Beth's hands to do with what she wanted with no guarantee she'd just keep it between herself and Dom. If there was a chance that he could look bad or get in trouble, he wouldn't take that risk. Right, because that's not Lewis. Because that's not Lewis. She also doesn't believe that Flora changed after Georgina died because she's like, I have memory. Like, I'm not stupid. Mm -hmm. And all of the stuff that had started to change happened at the time she got pregnant with Georgina, not after Georgina's death. Or, Or even before the pregnancy. Yeah, something changed back then. So there's more to this story than just then Georgina died. Like, Right. She even is starting to doubt the idea that Flora killed Georgina at all. Like, she's like, "Mm, now I'm not even certain that that's even necessarily a thing that has occurred. Mm -hmm. So what's up with that? She also thinks back to a couple chapters ago when Lewis had mentioned Flora sunbathing topless. And he, he was like, I wouldn't have sent her from the room because she was breastfeeding because half of Europe has seen her boobs. Like, I don't care. Yeah. But she's like, no, I... But it happened. I distinctly remember that happening because it was so weird. And the reason it was so weird, now that I think about it, is because of the topless sunbathing. Like, Lewis, Lewis, we've been on vacation with you. I know these things. Yeah, Lewis and Flora were never prudes before. So that's why it stuck out at me that day. And that's why I remember it happening. The irony of the situation, as Beth kind of thinks about it here, is that if they had told her all of this a week ago, If Flora hadn't run away in the parking lot in Huntington and had just told her this story then, Beth would have bought it 100%. Yeah. She would have just been like, oh, that's terrible and tragic, and I'm sorry to have dredged it up. Good day and have, like, have a good life. Yeah. And that would have been the end of it. Yeah. She, it would have, it would have never come up again. But the problem is because they'd been stringing her along for so long. She's done more investigating. She's done more dwelling on it. She's found inconsistencies. And now she's at a point where she doesn't buy the story. Yeah. Because we'll we'll have to come back to that. Because it doesn't add up anymore. If they had given me a plausible story way back when, which way less effort. We wouldn't be at this point. Right. She briefly considers heading back to Versanova and confronting Lewis again. But she's like, no, that won't amount to anything which is probably true yeah also he might not have gone back to work she considers taking her taped conversation because again she recorded this conversation to pc paul pollard 
Lewis and Flora do admit to accidentally killing Georgina and misleading the authorities over it, but she doesn't know if that would amount to anything, especially after 12 years. She right. just doesn't know. She doesn't even know if the tape would be admissible as evidence. So it's just like, I don't know she what to do. She hasn't listened to the recording yet. She doesn't even know if it's there. That's true. Or if it's any good. Ultimately, she decides to take a walk. So she heads down to the lobby. And while she's there, she stops over at the concierge table and is like, did you happen to see this woman leave? And the concierge is like, oh, yeah. I totally saw her leave. In fact, she came and asked for the quickest way yeah. to Delray Beach. And Beth is surprised and a little curious about that and then realizes this is too easy. This is way too easy. Flora has left a trail of breadcrumbs here. Yeah. She wants me to follow her to Delray yep. Beach. And so she goes and sure enough finds Flora there amongst the sunbathers and joins her under the shade of an umbrella. Beth opens by apologizing and earnestly she's like hey i'm sorry i pushed your buttons up there i didn't mean to send you fleeing into the summer sun flora says you know what it's cool i understand you don't understand my reasons for wanting to stay in the same house i don't understand i still don't understand and then kind of laughs a bit and is like it's weird that i'm still trying to keep things from you despite the fact that i've like told you the worst thing <laughs> she explains when she was pregnant with the impossible Thomas, she and Kevin were hard up at the time. Kevin didn't have a steady job. They were living in a tiny flat. She admits to have lied about having no contact with Lewis. He did continue to check in every few months. They both wanted to make sure the other was keeping quiet about the truth, so she had no problem with it. So she knew he had not yet sold the house on Whittier Lane. He had been renting it intermittently, and it currently had no occupants. So when Lewis found out about the new Thomas, he offered them Nuna Mouse. Beth kind of guesses at why she said yes to living there again. Because with the new Thomas in the old house, it'd be almost like nothing had happened. Be almost like getting all of that back again. Yes. Maybe. Like, I see what she's trying for. Yeah. What she's trying for is... The Impossible Thomas and Emily are her replacement goldfish. Yes. That they is are, so dark. They are replacement goldfish. They are. It's so wrong. Like, it bothers me on a deep level that she is having, that she's just simply trying to replace her children. And she admits that they're not even Kevin's. Yeah. No, this is the juncture where she kind of reluctantly admits, yes, they're Lewis's. Which Be means that she's cheating on her husband with her ex-husband? Yes. That, that's, that's she... also horrible. She reiterates that she never really loved Kevin, something that we already knew from earlier in the chapter. And Beth kind of understands. All four children are Lewis's. They don't want Kevin to find out, and Lewis wants to keep it on the DL that they've still been together. Uh, Beth kind of jokingly asks Flora, well, what would, you have, what would you have named the second one if it had been a boy? And Flora straight up says, it would never have been a boy. I would have taken steps. <laughs> she spells out that the next child needed to be Emily, which is dark and then beth can't actually bring herself to ask the follow-up question that flora prompts her to ask which is would you like a replacement goldfish georgina as well and she would yeah but lewis is the one who shut it down at that point was just like no we've already gone too far this is unhealthy we're not having another georgina like i'm running out of words i'm just making sounds beth genuinely offers flora help here at this juncture, she's like, look, you need someone to help you deal with all of this trauma and guilt and grief that you are wallowing in. Like, if you don't love Kevin, leave him tomorrow. It's okay. It's fine. And Flora's like, no, 
even if I don't love him, he loves me. And the kids are his in every way that matters. They might not be biologically Kevin's kids, but they are his children. And they call him dad. Then Beth kind of presses another button here. And she's like, is Kevin kind to the kids? Is Yanina kind to the kids? Right, because Beth has already had her doubts. She's like, I don't, I don't think that they are. And I'm curious if that's because they maybe suspect the truth of the situation that you've been seeing Lewis on the DL and that they might actually be his. Maybe they kind of suspect that. And that's why they're not super good to the kids. And Flora, again, shuts everything down. Once again, Beth has pushed too far. And Flora tells her this time, I'm leaving for real. Do not follow me. And disappears down the beach before Beth can make up her mind if she should follow her. And that's pretty much where chapter 22 ends. Oh, shall we continue to unpack? Yes, there is definitely a lot to unpack There's here. so much to unpack in this chapter. How much time have we got? I mean, it's our podcast. We can have as long as we want. <laughs> Again, and I'm going to reiterate what I said kind of at the beginning of this I feel like we are inching closer to the truth. Oh, so slowly. Because the best lies have some truth in them, right? So that they're very plausible. So I think that Lewis and Flora fed Beth some truth last chapter in the hopes that that would be enough. And it wasn't. So now Flora's feeding her a little more truth in the hopes that it might be enough. And we, it, I would it's say not, we still don't. No. Especially because, I mean, we still haven't had the revelation of what Beth turned up in her Google Foo. And that's clearly a clue that is important somehow. Yep. And will probably allow her to, like, drop the mic on whoever she next confronts. And it's like, I know this thing. Boom. Explain that away. And people <laughs> and Lewis and or Flora will be like, duh. Uh, there's also a throwaway line at the beginning. There's a reference to Chimpy. Mm -hmm. And uh, a bar-like atmosphere bar like being prison like yeah and i'm not entirely sure what that means my guess is beth uh either knows or strongly suspects that she knows who chimpy is yes but she's not telling us the yes reader, and she hasn't yet. and she hasn't confronted lewis nor flora about it no though to be fair I feel like this is the ace in the ace up her sleeve kind of but to be fair I kind of buy Lewis's at least reaction to who is Chimpy because he seemed legitimately like put off kilter by that. I'm not certain necessarily that I buy Flora's explanation at this juncture, oh. but and I mean I could be I could be misreading Lewis on this as well. At this point I honestly don't know what to make of Flora. He's clearly thick as thieves with what's going on. Yes. And I think it's safe to say at this juncture that so are Yanina and Kevin. Yes. To a certain extent they know what's going on as well. Well, they have to. I think they have to. My my first thought about it was, like, Lewis has to be in on it, whatever it is, and Kevin has to be in on it. Maybe Yanina isn't. But then I thought about it a little more, and she has to be, because why else would she have swapped clothes with Flora? And lied about the Land Rover. Right? And then pretended to be Jeanette. She has to be in on it. No one just blindly does that without question. Yeah. Or at least strong suspicions. Yeah. And this is all assuming that that Beth is right, giving her the benefit of the doubt that she is that she is always right and everyone else is wrong. Well, and here's the other thing. She's had a conversation with Lou Monday, and Lou has spoken about her interactions with Kevin and Yanina. Mm -hmm. And she straight up said to Beth at that time, like, whenever she was with the three of them, 
being Flora, Yanina, and Kevin, it always seemed like Kevin and Yanina were the couple. Like, they were the ones acting like mom and dad, and Flora was acting like just another one of the kids. That struck her as weird. And that would imply that Kevin and Yanina have a relationship. Like, and she even, Lou Monday even said, like, I'm not necessarily suggesting that they're having an affair, they're sleeping together or something. But there's, it's more than just Yanina's the help. Right. Yeah, and that, that means that if Kevin's in on it, Yanina has to be in on it. Right? She has to be. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that Flora like really has gone over the edge? Or do you think that this is all smoke and mirrors? Hard to say. Because I'm, I'm not sure. The surface story is very Flora has just t- fallen off that cliff. Toppled. She's right over the edge. She's totally lost it. She's trying to replace her old family with a new family to the point where she needs to sleep with her ex-husband so that she can have her children again and start over. That's madness. Yeah, it's pretty messed up. But we also know that she's been lying a lot. So I don't know. To Beth, possibly to Lewis. Right? I don't know. Like, we, we don't know for sure how far down this rabbit hole goes and who is exactly in control of the situation. Like, Beth continues to constantly look to Lewis as the issue. By the end of this chapter, she's actually kind of hit upon the idea that maybe, maybe the real villain all along has been Kevin Cater. Maybe. But, but again, he's clearly linked to Lewis by more than happenstance. That's true. She let drop the comment that Kevin pursued her, which implies that Kevin knew who she was. Uh, maybe. I don't think that it's chance that she ended up with Kevin, is what I'm saying. Okay. But whose idea was it? Kevin's? Hers? Lewis's? Let's go into the conspiracy corner for a moment. Ooh. I've stumbled onto a major company conspiracy, Mac. How about that for stress? What the hell are you talking about? This company is being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got a paper trail to prove it. Check this out. Take a look at this! Let's let's rearrange some of these (laughs) red threads. Very good. Move the chicken over. Kevin pursued Flora. He went out of his way to, quote-unquote, woo her into this loveless marriage. What if he did it at the direction of Lewis? I'm going to ask the same question I always ask, but why? Think about it for a second. Flora's just had this breakdown and has left Lewis, and Lewis wants her. Like, she's his wife. She's this woman who he's spent all this time shaping and controlling. He doesn't want her out of his life and the best way to ensure that she doesn't get out of his life is to ensure she ends up with someone he also can control so he taps his old buddy milk toast saltine cracker of a human being kevin cater to pursue her something that is out of character from just her description of him if he's this passionless individual why did he so doggedly go after her maybe because he was motivated to do so by outside forces. Okay. What I'm saying is, if Kevin and Lewis had a pre-existing relationship, and Kevin is as much a pushover as Flora's suggesting, maybe Lewis directed Kevin to get with Flora so that Lewis could remain close to Flora easily. She wasn't. She wouldn't be out of his grip that way. But we've already discussed how Kevin Cater isn't really this bland, milquetoast kind of guy. That's fair. But if he's in with Lewis, it would explain why he's in the know. And why he's so easily able to lie to Beth and Dom about the situation. 
And presumably why he's been lying to Flora about the situation, because the implication then would be that she doesn't know that Kevin Cater is Lewis's creature. Yeah. Plausible. So it would it would be a way for Lewis to remain in control of Flora without having to always be there. Plausible. Plausible. I, I give you that. Plausible. I'm just, this is just me kind of spitballing yeah. off the idea of... Oh, that's all we do around here. ...of where Ke- Kevin may have come into the situation. That would point us back to Lewis as the main villain. Yeah, <laughs> it would. I'm it, not sure who the main villain's going to turn out to be at this point. It wouldn't explain why Lewis agreed, like, even if Lewis arranged for Kevin to be with Flora so that he could ultimately still be with Flora on the DL. And even if he agreed to sleeping with Flora and getting her pregnant again a couple times, it doesn't exactly explain why he would be down with that and why he would be down with letting her name the new kids after the old kids to be replacement goldfish and then why he wouldn't go all the way with that. If he was okay with her having a new Thomas and a new Emily, why why was that as far as he was willing to go? Why not another Georgina? Yeah, why why did Emily even happen after Thomas happened? Yeah, you'd think that at that point Lewis would have all the red flags flying and just be like, "You know what? Right? We're we're good now. We need we're to done. stop. This is terrifying." <sighs> there there are still unanswered questions. Yes. I'm okay. So let's say that just cuz just a little thought experiment with me. Okay. That Flora is mostly telling the truth. Okay. We we know she probably isn't, but especially because the story of her getting drunk and smothering Georgina, we found a little suspect last chapter. We sure did. Because there's there's no explanation for why she was drinking out of character that evening. There's no explanation for what she was up to while Lewis was very pointedly not paying attention to her. Which either means that Lewis was establishing a very clear alibi for Beth's benefit, or he legitimately has no idea what Flora was up to at that time. Like, this is all stuff we discussed. I got off topic, though. What, what were you going to that's say? That's okay. There are so many signs that Flora is unwell that I have problems now with our previous theory about how she is perhaps masterminding this. The whole wanting to replace your family that is so full of large red flags I can't even... Mm-hmm. She won't answer the question about how Kevin treats the children, mm-hmm. which horrifies me. Well, because at best they're being neglected. Yeah, and I would I would argue that's likely, seeing as we've seen how Yanina treats Thomas, we've seen through Beth's eyes the condition of what Thomas is wearing, which is exactly what the old Thomas was wearing 12 years ago. Right. And we've heard from Lou Monday that Thomas is, like, sheltered and strange, and Flora, whenever she's with him, is, like, smotheringly protective. So there's definitely... There's all... There's all sorts of red flags There's all kinds of wrong with that. So if Flora is telling the truth then everything is full of red flags all the time, all over the place. If everything that Flora said is a lie to throw Beth off, I don't think she's actually trying to throw Beth off. You know how Professor Moriarty actually wants to get caught? Wants a worthy adversary? Not to say that Flora is a criminal mastermind, but she keeps she keeps throwing Beth a bone. And changing her story and coming out with a little more and a little more and a little more. I think Flora wants to be, quote unquote, caught. She, you, you suspect that she wants Beth to piece it together. Yeah. But she can't 
outright say it she for one reason or another. For some reason, she can't bring herself to just out with everything. It needs to be discovered. Beth needs to do it. Flora feels powerless against something. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. That's possible. Right, because they keep throwing bones at Beth to make her stop, but the lies are never plausible enough. Though, as and Beth, I wonder if that's on purpose. As Beth surmises in this chapter, if if they had thrown her that bone earlier, it might have been plausible enough. It might have completely thrown her off the case. Well, that's what I mean. If Lewis is the one thinking clearly, why not just come up with a decent story, feed it to Beth, and be done with it? Well, I mean, to a certain extent, that's what they just tried to do. But not really. Because Flora keeps coming out with... Flora keeps is the one that keeps coming out with more and more. Well, because Beth keeps pressing. Because Flora and Lewis don't know what Beth knows. They don't know how much she's pieced together. So they came up with a plausible story, but Beth has already investigated past that. They don't know that she's talked to Lou Monday. They don't know that she went to PC Paul Pollard. They don't know about Tilly. They don't know about Tilly. Beth has puzzle pieces that they don't know she has. So that's... That's the situation that Flora finds herself in, and she kind of spins spins a slightly different tale to maybe try to shore up some of those holes, but it's just not quite adding up still. Also, <laughs> I'm a little surprised that they didn't come up with a Beth contingency plan. I'm making air quotes around that. Like, okay, if you run into someone that you know from your past, like, oh, your old best friend, this is what you say. This is the story we're sticking with. I mean... Don't shriek and run. <laughs> I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt here. They had not seen nor heard from Beth and Dom in 12 years. What were the chances Beth was going to randomly show up at Whittiel Lane 12 years later and go probing into this? It doesn't this? even have to be Beth-specific, though. They had to have had other friends, other people in their lives. If Flora's living in the same house, like she's bound to run into people she knows. But it's been Every pretty so often. It's been pretty established that not really. Lewis was the social guy. After the kids came along and after the Georgina stuff, Flora disappeared. And we now know that it wasn't that she was just hiding in the house. She had actually left and Lewis was just keeping up appearances. Yeah. And then it was only later that she came back to Whittier Lane under an assumed name. Nobody really remembered her. Because likely nobody really knew her very well. And I buy that maybe Lewis and Flora didn't have close friends the way that they're, they were friends with Dom and Beth. I can also buy that. I'm just saying there's a whole bunch of stuff here that still doesn't add up. Oh, no, I agree. I'm just I'm I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. Here I know. And trying to offer up some explanations. And every time I try to go down one rabbit hole and see where it leads, I am reminded of the other dozen things that don't make any sense. You think about it one way and you're like, oh, yeah, that could work. Oh, but then what about this? Oh, no, now the whole thing falls apart again. Curse this confusing book. Well, as always, perhaps next chapter will shore up some of that confusion. More truth. I hope for more truth. Uh, that would be chapter 23, which you'll want to read up on in time for next week. Uh, in the meantime, there are a number of sponsors who work to keep the lights on here at the Alberta Podcast Network. <laughs> and uh, one of them. It's a little company that you might have heard of called ATB Financial. <laughs> I've sort of talked about them before, I think. Today I want to tell you about ATB's new podcast, The Future Of. 
Join Todd Hirsch, ATB's Vice President and Chief Economist, as he connects with special guests who offer unique and useful perspectives about the future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity it creates. From the future of women in business to the changing nature of work itself, the future of helps us understand what's coming and what we need to do today to get the tomorrow we want. Featuring two episodes each month, plus bonus episodes, the future of includes interviews with top community and business leaders from Alberta and around the world. Subscribe to The Future Of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. And connect to ask your questions about the future by emailing thefutureof at atb.com. ATB Financial, big supporter of the Alberta Podcast Network right from day one. It's true. Yeah. If you're looking for, if assuming that you're not one of our dozens of international listeners dozens i tell you uh and you are local to canada and to alberta and you're looking for a bank uh to do some business with atb financial is definitely an excellent choice Mm -hmm. worth checking out lots of ways to help you invest and save yeah good people yeah they have lots of neat pro uh programs i suppose you could call them programs yeah yeah a lot of a lot of community engagement yeah uh, another community worth checking out, of course, is the Alberta Podcast Network. You can find <laughs> many podcasts. Oh, so many. Uh, worth your time at albertapodcastnetwork.com. You may have heard of t- us talk about this before. Indeed. Uh, you can find us, of course, on your podcatcher of choice while you're there. We would appreciate a little rating and a review. We sure would. Yeah. If you want to drop us a line, you're not only welcome to, you're encouraged to. The list you all know. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at The Read Along. If that's not enough characters for you, you can, of course, send us an email. To TheReadalong at gmail.com. We are always happy to hear from you, our listeners. We like mail. And with that said, as always, we'll see you next time. More truth. More truth. More truth. Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.